I don't know about that. That's hard to say. There's some there's some big ones out there, but that's a whole nother conversation to be had. Hey y'all, it's LJ here, owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. We are so glad you're here for another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Now, here's your host, Allie. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. It's a new year and we're back with new episodes. I am so excited to be joined by Stacy and Carla is back here with us. It's been a minute, Carla. Guys, think I was gone. <laughs> She's back, and we are so excited because I I don't know about you both, but a new year just has me looking forward to so many things that we're gonna see and do. And we're gonna be talking about Hollywood Studios today. And I 100 percent know that we will be in this park probably together at some point this year. I cannot wait to talk about our strategies and tips for our listeners because I'm gonna say it. I think this is the most misunderstood Disney park. I think that's a very easy statement to make. Yes. What do you think that is? I'm going to tell you what I think it is. We're going to talk all about it. And I'm going to talk about the things that people are just missing when they think about what this park has to offer. But before we do, I just want to once again, wish our listeners a happy new year. Thank you all for being here. If you are already subscribed, we want to thank you so, so much. This episode dropped right on into wherever you listen, and that helps us more than you can possibly realize. So if you have not yet subscribed wherever you're listening right now, please just take a minute and do that. And also consider joining our Patreon community because in partnership with this episode right here, all of our Diamond Mine Patreon subscribers are going to get an awesome visual planning guide. This is the kind of stuff you really want to help make your trip not only special and more magical for yourself, but also for your kiddos. Anything you can have that's going to take that stress away and let you be more present in the moment, we know that it comes with great value to you. So consider joining that Patreon community where you can get way more resources than even just listening and also just a a bigger community. It's been so much fun to connect with listeners in there. We on this show love talking, obviously, about Disney, and we love sharing the conversation even deeper with all of you in our social media and Patreon communities. So hop on over there if you haven't already. Misunderstood Park, Hollywood Studios. Do you all, when you are helping other families plan trips, do you find that people are more inclined to skip Hollywood Studios? Yes. And I really just don't get it. I'm not because I don't let them. If anything, <laughs> tell them to skip Animal Kingdom. <laughs> it's I- a great part for literally all ages. It has this secret factor just for kids that is, our, people don't think about it. It has Toy Story Land, which is huge. And then it has the whole Disney Junior area. It has great shows. I think it's uh, a great park for any age personally. And I was thinking about this as I was prepping for this episode. Epcot is my favorite park. I say that all the time. But then I think about the way I feel when I walk inside Hollywood Studios. And I think that's my happiest Disney park entry moment. Like when I walk into Hollywood Studios, you scan in and you're faced with that main drag. I think that's the scan in moment that makes me the happiest out of all four parks. And so it has me questioning, is Hollywood Studios actually my favorite park? Because I really am just like bouncy when I'm there. I'm happy I'm there. I love the music. I love the environment. I love the atmosphere. I love the rides. I love the shops, the decor. I think 
this park is a total gem. It took me forever to stop calling it MGM. Did you all did you all have trouble not calling it MGM? Because back in the day, for our listeners that have been going to Disney for a long, long time, you'll remember, and we've talked about it on the show before, that Hollywood Studios was MGM. But now it's fully ingrained as Hollywood Studios for me. And I just, I love it. I love this park. And I don't think it's that difficult to strategize. Would you, would you all agree? I don't agree. I was just talking about this before we got on that I think it is actually a really difficult park to strategize if you choose not to use Genie. Now, today in our strategy, we're doing the must do one day. If you're going to do one day at Hollywood Studios and you want it to be the best day ever, then you're going to need to get Genie Plus and you're need to you're going to need to invest in some individual lightning lanes. Plain and simple, like it's just going to make your day smoother. And the reason I say it's not easy to strategize is because there's so many like heavy hitter rides that are fantastic and they're all at different parts of the park. So if you run to one at Rope Drop, you're missing out on two other, three other huge rides that you could also potentially be rope dropping. I was going to say the size of the park makes it a little easier that even when you have to do a little back and forth, it's not the end of the world. Whereas, you know, some of the parks, like if you're a Magic Kingdom and needing to go from one end of the park to the other, that can be a struggle. But here, even if your lightning lanes don't end up being ordered exactly the way you would prefer, it's still doable. So I kind of think that that lends itself to being a little easier to navigate, you know, because sometimes you just can't help what time your Genie Plus selection is going to be. You can try to stack it the way you want it to be, but it it ends up being okay if you have to hike from from Galaxy's Edge over to Tower of Terror. You know, it's it's not that bad. Yeah, I love what both of you just said. First of all, super important point, Carla, Every ride at Hollywood Studios is just a banger. Like every single ride is amazing. There's nothing that I would say, oh, skip that. It's not, well, not nothing. We'll talk about it. But most of the attractions, I mean, before we, right before we started recording, we actually were checking some wait times. We're recording at 9 a.m. on a weekday morning and the wait time for Rise of the Resistance was already 150 minutes. Is that what we said? Yeah, and the park opened at 8 so an hour into park, you've got an over two hour wait for one of the best rides on property, but still. And the hard thing is that the wait times in this specific park for almost every attraction do seem to hike up more often than not, you know? And so that is why, yes, Genie Plus, you just have to do it. Factor it into your day. This is one of those parks where if you were going to Disney for the first time and you might be thinking... I can't get Genie Plus for every park. It's not in my budget. So where should I get it? Hollywood Studios is the answer, hands down every time to that question. And then Stace, what you were saying, I was also thinking the size of this park, you know, the the two furthest points I can think are like Rise of the Resistance, which is going to be in that top corner in Galaxy's Edge to Tower of Terror, like you said, Stace. That's like the farthest stretch. And when I think about it, it is a walk. But I'm, it's not as daunting as, say, if I'm thinking I've got to get from the France Pavilion in Epcot to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, that feels... That's a trek. That's like, I'm not even doing it. Catch me tomorrow. I actually had a client at Epcot yesterday say that exact thing because they did not know how to navigate it. They were going back and forth so much that it was exhausting. It was the most exhausting day, she said, whereas Epcot should be like 
your most relaxing, easygoing day. Yeah, exactly. Just like you were both saying, and and I'll agree a hundred times over. And this is why I think it's an easier part to strategize, because if you do find yourself needing to ping pong a little bit, even though our strategies today are going to try to help alleviate some of that, I don't think it's going to be as exhausting. You know, that's another reason I really love this park is I think you can do it. I think you can do it all. And I don't think it's going to wear the crap out of you. <laughs> you know, it's going <laughs> to it's gonna feel okay. So let's just start beginning of the day like we have been for these itinerary and strategy episodes. Unlike Epcot, which is the last itinerary we did and Magic Kingdom before, there's one entry point that you're going to be having for Hollywood Studios, one gate no matter where you stay. So you are either going to be taking a bus, the Skyliner, or a boat or walking, depending on where you're staying, but there's one entry point to the park, right? So that's important to keep in mind. That's different than Epcot. And again, like these other parks, your day actually starts long before you're actually coming into the park. At what time? 7 a.m. You got to start at 7 a.m. You've got to start with your Genie Plus selection because for the purposes of planning this perfect day, we are assuming our listeners have it. So what what would you all snag at 7 a.m.? What is your go-to for a day at Hollywood Studios? There is literally only one answer, and it is slinky dog. And then your partner or whoever you're with is grabbing your individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance. Hands down, if you don't grab slinky at 7, you're not going to get it. No, it's going to that is one lightning lane in this park. And am, am I is it fair for me to say that Slinky Dog is not the best attraction in the park? Like is that fair for me to say? It's a great ride. I listen, I love Slinky Dog. It's not the best ride in the park, but it's still a great ride and I'm telling you, if you, at 7 a.m. you're going to pull up Slinky Dog and it's going to be for like 3:45 p.m. and you're going to be like, "Oh, I don't want to wait till then." If you don't get it, then you're going to be waiting two hours for it. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's not the best ride in the park, I'm not going to hate on Slinky Dog for even one second. It's a blast. And my kids love that coaster. And when I think about Slinky Dog, like I'm sitting here smiling right now because when I'm thinking about it, I'm not even thinking about the ride. I have ridden that that coaster next to all of my kids, all three of them at a different point. And I can I vividly see them just on the little slinky hills and on the slingshot back, just giggling and so happy. And they ride with their I mean, it's a pretty big coaster for little ones, but not scary. And it it's gone. Get it at 7 a.m. Because if you don't get it, you won't get it. And if you don't get it, you're going to be waiting many hours. Yes. And I, I just agree with you both. It is not the best ride in the park, but it is a must do. Absolutely adorable. The theming of it is adorable. And I, I, you've got to do it. Like I dare you to ride Slinky Dog and not like have the biggest smile on your face. That's what I think every time I am pulling up and we're getting out of the cart. It's just like, how does this make me so happy? Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. And I, I, I would hate for any anyone, especially with little ones to miss out on it. So that that's your go to, you know, I know listeners are stressed about what how to use genie and what to pick. I'm telling you that's what to pick. And you can choose to strategize and rope drop slinky dog dash. But I'm telling you, you need to dash there then, you know, it's one of those things where you're at the park, and you're running to Toy Story Land and and you don't want to do that. And you definitely don't want to do it with little ones. So grab your slinky at 7am and then head out your resort door. 
if you are staying in the boardwalk area, you can choose to walk, which is nice. Uh, it's about a 10 to 15 minute walk, I would say, from that area. You can take a friendship boat or I wouldn't take the Skyliner. That's going to be a connected route and be long. But every other resort uh, on Disney property, you're going to be taking a bus except for the the Skyliner resorts themselves, you can take the Skyliner over. That's going to be Riviera, Caribbean Beach, Pop Century, Art of Animation. So you're all going to come to that entry point. On-site guests are going to get that early entry. And when you get there, what is your plan? You walk in, first of all, take it in. The music is so fun. It's like big band, old Hollywood. The vibe is so different from any, well, I'm going to say any park, but I instantly do think about all four parks have a really unique entry, but for whatever reason, this park just feels like classic, classic everything to me. It is one of my favorite photos to take as we're walking in. I love a photo of my family walking ahead and just me getting a photo of them from behind with whatever scenery we're in. And this is one of my favorite scenes with the palm trees and the the shops lining the street and all of everyone's so excited and walking down the street it's one of my favorite ones to get that and the skies are so blue first thing in the morning. It's, it's a beautiful shot and the sun. I don't know where the sun is hitting exactly, but it just always seems to have a very bright, fun photo right there. I love it. I agree. I, I actually I've talked before on the show about a birthday trip I did with my dad who Hollywood Studios is by far his favorite park. He just he's like me. He's like bouncy and he doesn't bounce anymore. You know, but when he gets to Hollywood Studios, you can just see extra pep and we did Hollywood Studios on his 71st birthday, and we have a great family picture right there. Ours isn't a candid walking photo, but I know what you're think what you're talking about. Those palm tree lined streets and everything. Maybe I'll I'll share that picture on social media because it's one of my all time favorites of our family at Disney. It's so great. Okay, but me- let me make it very clear. There's the vibes are there for sure. Don't spend too much time uh-uh. on Hollywood True. Boulevard because you need to book it. And where are you guys booking it to? Yeah, I agree. We're going to come back to Hollywood Boulevard, but I am turning a hard right on Sunset Boulevard and I'm dashing down on over to Tower of Terror first thing in Rock and Roller Coaster. They're buddied up. So when you walk in Hollywood Boulevard on the right, there's going to be Sunset Boulevard all the way down at the end of that street. My two favorite rides in the park, Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. And that's I'm trying to personally knock those out in the morning I'll get a lightning lane later to ride them again if available, but those are must, must do for me. And I am checking them off my list right away, making sure. I could agree to that again, only if you've got your slinky dog for your first genie and you bought Rise of the Resistance. Correct. That would totally make sense to go right, hit tower, hit rock and roller coaster. Can we talk about how great rock and roller coaster is? I feel like it doesn't get the love that it deserves. I love that coaster. I, uh, yeah, I, sometimes I think it's kind of a forgotten ride at Disney. Like it's, it's epic. It's been around for so long. And, you know, we always talk about all the new attractions and how amazing they are, but that's a great coaster. Like from pre-show on, it's fantastic. Yep. And it's getting ready to go through a refurb. Stacey, do you have something to say over there? (laughs) oh my goodness so i really used to love rock and roller coaster a lot now i don't know if it's just my age or what but it is a little rougher on me now (laughs) um but i do i have to ride it every single time i love that it's got a single rider line um for later in the day if you're looking for something to kind of hop in there and you can do it again 
Um, I do love that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, this refurb, you know, there's a lot of rumors going around that they're going to use this refurb time to swap out the uh, the band that's highlighted. You know, it's been Aerosmith all these years. I'm, I love Aerosmith. Such a fun band from back in my day. <laughs> and um, it's just rumors, guys. I, I, I think the contract with Aerosmith is going to stay in place, guys. But wouldn't it be fun to to be another band? Have y'all ever thought about that? Have you heard? Yeah, the what's that band that you love in Epcot? Maybe it could be them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be the Command Performance at Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> I I would actually be really sad. I I mean, any sort of refurb, and actually, we're going to talk about a big Hollywood Studios refurb moment that happened, but. I don't know. I think I'd be sad. I love the pre-show where your Aerosmith looks so young in that video when they're like, we can't leave our fans. And then more often than not, you're going to be in that pre-show room and spoiler alert, somebody is going to shout, how about some backstage passes? You know, it's just so fun. I feel like guests are in on the joke now and it's, it's part of the fabric of that park. Right. I mean, that ride was there in the MGM days and I just, I would hate to see it. I don't think it's going to go, but I, know, I, I, I don't think... foresee Disney changing it without like letting the people know. You know what I mean? Because if they were going to do a full refurb and change the band, they would let us know so that those diehard, you know, Aerosmith rock and roller coaster fans can go and ride it one more time. I don't foresee Disney doing that to its people. Yeah. Zan, my wife is a huge Aerosmith fan. Fun fact. And we've gone to, we've traveled far and wide to see them perform and, I don't, I just, we'd be sad if it changed, but those are what I'm doing first, you know, and, and I'm going to just reiterate again, like Carla did, I already have a, a lightning lane, her rise and slinky. And for purposes of these itinerary episodes, you kind of have to keep in mind that we don't know what times you're getting for those. So at any point in our strategy, you may have to dip out and go get your lightning lane return, but I'm going to go ahead and assume from history with myself that it's not time for those lightning lanes yet. You know, your slinky dog, even when you get it at 7 a.m., is typically somebody gets the morning, but more often than not, you're sometime in the afternoon. So one thing I'm going to now mention we haven't talked about is breakfast. So it's the morning, you've gotten your lightning lane, and maybe you've even hit a couple attractions. Everybody's probably hungry at this point. Now, if it were my family... I don't really love the breakfast offerings personally at Hollywood Studios. I The one sit-down meal is going to be Hollywood and Vine. It is a character meal, um, and it's Disney Junior characters for breakfast. Unless you have a current two- or three-year-old that was also born in 2016, <laughs> and this feels a little irrelevant for me. You know, the characters are from when my oldest daughter was little, and... My current six-year-olds, almost six-year-olds, aren't really that connected to the characters that are there. So while it is fun to see characters anytime, I still feel like this isn't a good use of time. If you really want a character meal in Hollywood Studios, it's a better time of day to eat at Hollywood and Vine. We, my family would probably have mobile ordered breakfast before we left the resort. And we would have eaten it on the bus or boat or Skyline or over. And we'd already have full bellies by the time we got there. You're right. So if you just hit Tower and Rock and Roller Coaster, 
and you start walking back towards the rest of the park, you're kind of going to hit that apex where Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard meet. And there's a huge Starbucks right there. So I personally, as a mom, I'm tired. I'm grabbing my iced coffee. I'm grabbing probably a bagel. And or if I'm going to Galaxy's Edge, there is one exception to breakfast isn't great. And it's in Galaxy's Edge. It's the Ronto Wrap. It's at Ronto Roasters. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the bomb. I love it. I actually like the breakfast wrap better than the lunch wrap it is a little phallic looking don't try to take a picture of it it's weird it's creepy um but i love it i think it's a delicious breakfast it's easy it's you can it's a handheld wrap you can like keep walking like go wait in line somewhere and obviously coffee is a must for me so those are the two that i would consider if i am looking for breakfast and I know y'all are always hating on um, what food's available over there in Toy Story Land, but you got to try Woody's Lunchbox. They've got the potato barrels, <laughs> and so they have a um, tachos for the lunchtime, which are really, really great. But the breakfast version of that is also pretty fantastic. It's got the um, the potato barrels, which is like tater tots, and brisket, gravy, and eggs, and oh. That thing is delicious, so um, that's what we're pre-ordering <laughs> and having when we get over there. The or the mobile order breakfast situation at both of those places are, is really great. It just does require some thinking because for me, you know, my strategy is always what I just laid out. And so if I'm over on Sunset Boulevard, I don't want to walk all the way over there to get my breakfast. I certainly don't want to trek my whole family over there. That's typically why we don't. But there are scenarios in a world where you do want to eat those things, especially if this is that once in a lifetime trip like that Ronto wrap is really quite popular and it might not be something you want to miss, although there is a lunch version. Uh, and the only other thing I'll point out is that you can get waffles and mimosas at Hollywood Scoops, and that is over by Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. So I would be more inclined to rope drop ride those attractions, and then hop on over to Hollywood Scoops, grab the waffles. My kids will eat those, grab a mimosa. And that, to me, is sort of a perfect morning. Yeah, they don't do mobile orders there, so you you do have to stand in line for that. Oh, stand in line for a mimosa? That's one line I have no problem waiting in, for sure. <laughs> so at this point, you have strategized what you're going to eat. You've probably knocked out a couple coasters or attractions. Tower of Terror, by the way, we didn't give enough love to. My favorite ride at Hollywood Studios Probably my favorite ride in all of Disney. I absolutely love it. That's why I'm hitting it early, making sure that it it happens in my day. But if I'm being really honest, I don't like to only ride it once. I'll probably also find a way to hit it at night. It's just such a great, it, it holds up. It stands the test of time. It's thrilling. My little ones even ride it. I, I can't say enough good things about Tower of Terror. Now, while you're over there, are you also hitting the car show? <laughs> I am making it a point not to hit the car show. Uh, this is the most skippable thing. Well, I was going to say it's the most skippable thing in any Disney park, but that might be very untrue. But it's definitely the most skippable thing in this park. We should do a whole episode on skippable things. Yeah, this is your number one at Hollywood Studios. I, I would almost say if you have a Cars lover, you're better off to go walk Art of Animation than you are to go to the Racing Academy. It's not great. We actually talked on our Hollywood Studios deep dive episode just about what a missed opportunity this this area and this quote unquote attraction is. Yeah, I wouldn't waste time there, especially in the morning. 
I've actually never done it because I've just heard from the very time it opened that, that it was such a waste of time and I have never done it. <laughs> yeah, we only did it because we were stuck in the rain. It was a it was a good rain escape. You had to watch the show like to stay in there. You couldn't just seek shelter. So, OK, so likely at this point where it's you've been at the park for two hours, right? That's what I was going to say. Do you think we've been there two hours? I don't think so. I think we've gotten those two attractions in. I don't know. I, I really don't. Maybe if if it has, then it's time to grab your next lightning lane. If not, you're going to head towards like center park. But it let's for the sake of planning. Go ahead and fast forward to two hours after park open, right? Because that's when our next lightning lane is going to open. What What's your next strategy? What are you getting? Because to me, the way we've stacked and planned this, there's only one, one answer. Mickey and Minnie. I would say Mickey and Minnie's, or if you're a Star Wars fan, probably Smuggler's. So I'm going Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway because second to Slinky, I think that one goes away the fastest. And I, I personally have seen Smuggler's Run hang around a little longer. I think people are a little more afraid of because of motion sickness. I was going to say you're probably right because Mickey and Minnie's doesn't have a ride height, correct? Right. Yeah, that's an attraction the whole family can ride. So anybody can ride mm-hmm. it. So... the for listeners that have been around for a long time, the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is in the Chinese theater that's there in Center Park at Hollywood Studios. And that ride used to be the great movie ride, which I'm still so sad is gone. Me too. I, I love that ride so much. It was it was great. It was a great time. Uh, and I was a little hesitant when they redid it, but my gosh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is, it's so good. I think it might be my favorite attraction in all of Disney that doesn't have a height requirement. Any, out of all the attractions across Disney World where anybody can ride, I think it's probably my favorite. I don't know about that. That's hard to say. There's some, there's some big ones out there, but that's a whole nother conversation to be had. Yeah, it is. But I really, I think back to the very first time I wrote it, staying spoiler free, not knowing what was coming. We were just dying laughing. There are, I mean, every around every corner is something surprising, something fun. There are little uh, hidden Mickeys to find. I mean, I just think it's, it's a great time. And that would be my next lightning lane. I will say this is where it does get a little complicated for this park because I do find that the lightning lanes are typically stacked out to later in the day. So it's not like you're coming off of Sunset Boulevard and snagging a lightning lane and then scanning in for it. It's true. Yeah. So at that point, I would I would probably grab that lightning lane. And then if we already ate, I I think I'd be heading around the bend to the right back into Toy Story Land or if we timed it perfectly, it would be time to hit the first showing of either Beauty of the Beast down on Sunset Boulevard before we leave or the Frozen Ever After sing-along, which both of those shows, in my opinion, are must-dos. I agree. And I think this is where you're just looking at the wait times and you're kind of gauging, okay, is, you know, if I head into Toy Story Land, is Toy Story Mania in a time range and I'm willing to wait. And if it is, then I would say go ahead and head that way. If not, I would probably hit some of those shows. I love Frozen. I think it's probably the best show on property. I think it hits more for adults than maybe it does for kids, even though my kids love it um, and my kids are older. But I just laughed the whole time. 
It's hilarious. It's a must. It's an absolute must do. I have found recently that people are skipping that show and people are missing out. I mean, you have to see the Frozen sing along. And there are a lot of shows at Hollywood Studios. You have Beauty and the Beast sing along. Frozen Ever After, Sing Along. Well, Beauty and the Beast isn't really a sing-along. I mean, you can sing, but it's a musical. And then Frozen Sing Along, Indiana Jones, Stunt Spectacular, and The Muppets. I usually will look at the showtimes for the day. And I have found that if you don't hit Beauty and the Beast while you're kind of over there in that area, it is harder for me to want to walk all the way back, even though we talked about how it's doable. So you know, let's say there's a 10 a.m. showing, I might try to hit that unless, like you said, Carla, the wait times are so low, you can't avoid it. You know, you got to go do it while it's low. So I'm probably at that point trying to kind of hit off some of those some of those shows to make sure we get them in. So you mentioned the Beauty and the Beast. You said Beauty and the Beast sing along, but you meant the Beauty and the Beast show at Hollywood. But there is a Beauty and the Beast sing along at Epcot in France. And that is actually the reason why I did not watch the Frozen sing-along for a long time, because that's literally just a watching the film and the words bouncing along like the little sing-along VHS we used to have back in the day, for those of you young enough to remember, I mean, old enough to remember that. But this is not that. So it took me a while. It took me some encouragement to go see Frozen because I had pictured that in my mind that oh this is just one of those where they put the words on the screen and everybody sing along together no it is such a cute cute show and i'm so glad that i finally got over it and said and tried it out because it's it's really one of the best and i think hollywood studios in and of itself is one of the i mean it probably is the park with the most shows that you really have to carve that time i would normally not be seeing a show this early in the day but I would definitely consider hitting some shows already by this stage in the park, but probably not at any of the other parks. But yeah, I love, there's so many great shows here. Yeah, I think it is. That's a good point. It's hard to imagine spending early morning time in a show. This is one of those things where you really want to prioritize and it is a game day decision, you know, prioritize shows and attractions for your family and then weigh the wait times versus the show times to kind of decide when they're going to fit in. But I think it's important to know that it might be this morning block because we have missed, again, I keep saying Beauty and the Beast just because I feel like that one's the harder one to get to of all the shows uh, if you're not already over there. We have missed it, you know, when we decided we'd hit it later because you get busy doing other things and it just doesn't happen. Oh, I think we miss Little Mermaids coming back. Yeah, so that's where I was heading. The current shows that I listed are currently the only ones running, but we just found out that The Little Mermaid is coming back reimagined. And I, I'm thrilled. I'm so happy. I thought, I really thought it was gone for us. It's been closed for three years. I held on hope because they kept the marquee out there. (laughs) I I was hoping that it was eventually coming back. And I have just been so giddy at the idea that it's coming back. I cannot wait. Yeah, that's a a show that was a classic. It's been there since the MGM days and closed since the pandemic closure over at Walt Disney World. And we just found out over three years later, it's coming back, reimagined. It's going to be amazing. It's right there to the right of Mickey and Minnie's Railway. And it's just one of those things where you want to prioritize that in your day. You're probably going to be able to get a lightning lane for it for seating, which when it comes back, I don't typically use lightning lanes for shows, except for I have used it for the Lion King over Animal Kingdom. But it might be one of those things you want to consider when it comes back, because I bet the wait time and to get into a show could be tough. Yeah, I bet you're right. We are going to take a quick break and we come back, continue diving deep into the strategy here for Hollywood Studios. 
Are you a dedicated fan of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast and feel the need to take notes while listening to each and every episode? Our Diamond Mind Patreon subscription is a perfect fit for you. Every month, our Diamond Mind subscribers receive a new Disney travel guide that simplifies and organizes the podcast content. Join our community at patreon.com and search for Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Joining our Patreon supports our woman-owned small businesses and allows you more simplicity and support in planning your next Disney vacation. Join us at patreon.com and we'll see you there. All right, we're back and it's time to end our day. So at this point, you got to get to the Toy Story Land for all the things I said on our Hollywood Studios episode, which you ha- if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to it. For my feelings about Toy Story Land itself and, and what Disney did right and didn't do right, regardless of those feelings, it's still you have to go there when you go to Hollywood Studios. It's still a great place to be. Your kids are still going to love it. And Toy Story Mania is probably where my sights are set right now. At this point in the day, I'm a very competitive person and I love to talk a big game before riding Toy Story Mania. But the sad reality and the truth and the secret here is that I'm actually terrible at that ride. And I don't know that I've ever won a round with anybody I've ridden. (laughs) Very competitive. I don't think I have either. It's and I'm pretty competitive as well. It is a workout. And it's fun, though. I love the queue. The queue is adorable. The ride is a blast. I think I like it better than I like Buzz Lightyear at Magic Kingdom. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's way better than Buzz. I I have a very competitive family as well. And so I am really trying to win these games. And I was so happy to get to play with all you guys on our, one of our little trips together. And I actually dominated (laughs) and it felt really great because in my family, I do not dominate. So (laughs) I appreciate that y'all were competitive. That made it fun. And and then you weren't so great. And it made, that was great. (laughs) Yeah. And I talk this big game every time, but I'm get so tired. You have to like pull on that string but it's so fun. This is one of the rare cases in life where I will like happily lose. I my score is always terrible, but I've always I, I have the best time on the ride. I think it's a long enough attraction. You know, you don't feel like it just zips by. It's a really great time. It's definitely a must do. And while you're back there, this is when it might be hitting lunchtime. This is when I would recommend maybe hitting Woody's lunchbox. Um, they have that adult lemonade. They have the tachos that Stacey was talking about. And they also have the Pop-Tart, I think, the the homemade Pop-Tart. And I believe Katie loves those, if I'm not if I'm remembering correctly. But that's a popular quick service spot. It might be hitting lunchtime now. And hopefully it all lines up with your slinky dog lightning lane that you snagged at 7 a.m. And you're going to zip right on there. Also to mention, um, there's normally some really great characters over in this area. Last time we were standing in line for slinky dog, the toy soldier band was next to the queue actually playing their instruments for basically the slinky dog line which i thought was super cool but woody's normally over there buzz is normally over there jesse jesse's over there with um she's normally right there by toy story mania right yeah she'll be greeting over there she and and woody usually will stand there buzz a lot of times is over at the entrance oh has been making some appearances um I, I've seen her, but Jessie, Jessie's so fun. She like skipped. I, I happened to see her at the end of her shift and she like skipped with me, you know, just snagged my arm and it was so cute. They're just, they're so fun and playful. They're toys and they, they are playful. And I have noticed them playing and interacting with kids a lot. I mean, those are some of the best character meets anywhere. I mean, I mean, meeting the toys 
it's a must do when you're over there and it will take some time. You know, those lines to meet those characters are worth waiting in, in my opinion, but they're almost always are lines. So, okay, we've written a couple of things. We've got our lightning lanes. So now you're sort of faced with this moment in your day where is it time to ride your Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway lightning lane or see Frozen and you sort of leave Toy Story Land back the way you came? Or do you follow the path of Toy Story Land right on into Galaxy's Edge? I mean, for me, the natural progression would be at that point to go to Galaxy's Edge. Um, And I think that that's why that this is such a misunderstood park. People are like, I don't like Star Wars. I've never watched the movies. I have no interest. You can go into Galaxy's Edge and just appreciate it for what it is without seeing a movie at all. We actually went in for the first time pre-COVID. Not, I had not watched a Star Wars movie ever and was so inspired by the level of detail that is in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and the characters and the rides that during COVID, we ended up having the time to watch all the movies and got super into it. And then post-COVID went in with, I mean, my kids were head to toe dressed up in characters. So it was just a really fun time, but I would just keep an open mind, even if you don't like Galaxy's Edge, to spend some significant time back there. Yeah, Carl, you're right. Like we're, we have watched a lot of Star Wars just, you know, cause we're, fans of all those types of shows and movies, but we're not huge, huge Star Wars people. However, you don't have to be. It's exactly like you said, and particularly for Rise of the Resistance, because that the effort that you have to take to see Rise of the Resistance, I think if you're not a Star Wars fan, you might be tempted to skip it because it can be a little daunting to either have to, you know, buy the individual lightning lane or stand in a long line or, you know, it it could be a thing, but it's so worth it. I mean, unbelievable. The ride, Rise of the Resistance is jaw dropping. The first, I, I wish I could experience that first ride again, because it was just stunning how so surprising it was. You know, I don't want to give any spoilers for it because it's a masterpiece. It really is. And it, it incorporates so many different things. You just never know. Am, is this part of the ride? Am I, is the right? You just, it's so surprising. It's a great way to put it. I think I'm going to be in the minority here. And this is one of those where you kind of have to follow the plan that your genie is laying out. Because if it's time for my individual lightning lane for rise, I'm heading into Galaxy's Edge. Anytime it's time for that, that's when I'm going there. Other than that, from Toy Story, I'm almost more inclined to go back and make sure to do Frozen, maybe hit Indiana Jones. You know, in Galaxy's Edge, there are a lot of things I want to do in there. And I'd rather not be ping-ponging in and out of it, if possible. You know, the only way, I, like I said, I'm doing that is if it's time for that lightning lane. So to make sure I get everything else, that's I, I might be more inclined to head back out and do it that way. At this point, it's probably time you've either scanned in for a lightning lane or it's probably been enough time that it's time for your next. And this is where Genie at Hollywood Studios can be a little difficult because you notice that times get really late really fast and you notice that things become unavailable really fast. So I would say by your third pick, you are looking to either head like Carla had mentioned, grabbing Smuggler's Run or, you know, depending on how you feel about motion or or things like that, maybe you want to ride the Sunset Boulevard things again. That might be where I grab a Tower of Terror or something to make sure I can ride it again in my day. So I think by that third pick, you're kind of strategizing based on what's 
remaining and what's priority for you. Would you all agree? Yeah, absolutely. I want to spend a little bit more time talking about Galaxy's Edge. So regardless of if you went back around or you headed there straight through Toy Story Land, the second entrance, if you're not going through Toy Story Land, is going to be to the left of the Chinese theater. You're going to take that curve around past the Muppet Theater. And I just think it's a more... I actually think the entrance from Toy Story is a little bit more wow. You come into more shocking things. Whereas through the tunnel, you're coming in right over by Rise and it's more of a slow progression into the wow. Would you all agree? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for that, I do like the Toy Story Land entrance, although I think it's really weird to go from one world and then snap into the other. Like you really have to use your Disney imagination for that immersion. But either way, once you get into the thick of it, Galaxy's Edge deserves a lot of your time during the the day. So this is where you're going to ride rise with your individual lightning lane. You may have decided to go ahead and get that lightning lane for Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run is a virtual attraction. So anybody that suffers from motion sickness might want to avoid it. But there are six seats per ride and everybody's given a job. And depending on your job, the ride can be more or less fun. And depending on who has each job, because I let my twins drive us steer us once and that was funny but also a little bit nauseating <laughs> and so you want to you know that it your ride experience can change every time based on those things so that's i think really fun too but it's not just attractions in galaxy's edge right what are some other things that are must do's for you when you get in there the character interaction in galaxy's edge is so fun you've got your um your stormtroopers walking around you might see uh chewbacca which Man, I love running into Chewbacca. It's just so fun to see him. So it's just a real immersive experience. I enjoy watching the interactions. What's the little staging area they'll have? I don't know how to speak Star Wars enough to where they'll have the stormtroopers and um, Ray will be there and they'll just have some interactions right there when you're coming up. There's like a platform and the stormtroopers Mm -hmm. are normally like on watch at the top with their... um, PPU guns. I don't know what they're called. Yes, um, exactly. And then Ray and I've seen Ray and Chewie underneath, like hiding from them. And like the storm tro- exactly. troopers will move down, and then they'll move over. And there's like it's like a sh- like a car shop or, or like an auto repair. I don't know what it is. Like a uh, I guess they didn't have <laughs> autos over there. Uh, it's a ship repair. I don't know what it is, but it's super cool. Um, also in there, you can build a lightsaber. You can build a droids. My family has done the droid experience. I thought it was probably one of the best souvenirs we've ever gotten. And again, you know, this was post-COVID. So at that point, we're Star Wars fans. I don't know if they've gone up in price. They were $99 when we did them. So for $100, probably plus now, a great souvenir that they actually played with like over and over and over. And they interact with each other in the park. The droids do. They like talk to each other. If you get close to one, then they start like beeping and doing whatever. And then and there's a little play area that the kids can actually take their newly built droids and they can go and put them all on this mat that they have over there, which is super fun. The whole place is just crazy immersive from the Coke bottles and the Sprite bottles being like out of this world. The blue and green milk, um, both are arguably not great, but you still have to buy them to figure it out. The food... <laughs> 
If you go through that area over there by Ronto Roasters, it's like this little marketplace and you literally you literally feel like you're in a different world and the cast members are totally in uniform and they are playing their part and they normally have some sort of creature on their shoulder and you go into these stores that are almost like you're going into like a pet shop that is from out of this world that you don't even know what the like these creatures are in cages and they're lined up on these shelves i don't know the whole thing is just really really neat and like Ali said, you would be silly not to spend some significant time in that area. Yeah, that's why I would almost go back and make sure I hit some of those other things. Because when I get to Galaxy's Edge, I want to park it there for a while. I cannot believe that you all failed to mention Kylo Ren. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen him in there. I just saw him last time I was there. I've never seen him. Probably because he's changed up in my bedroom. <laughs> you got, you've never I've not seen ever him seen him there. No, oh I haven't. God. You guys, I, you all know why am I obsessed with Kylo Ren? I will go over and stand. He stands in front of his dark ship over kind of off to the right when you walk into Galaxy's Edge, and I'll stand over there for a while. I really love him. <laughs> and I really love that's That's something else to mention is that there are like full size. I wish my son was here to tell me what these things are called. I'm going to call them spaceships. They're a full size, like, what do they call it? Like the Millennium Falcon is huge. Like it's how big it would be probably in the movie. And there's multiple different ships. There's, I think, two or three, four, maybe more. Yeah. Resistance fighter ships and order like the dark order fighter ships. I mean, it's amazing. And you're going to want to spend time. You're going to want to go slowly. You're going to want to see the characters, you know, riding the rides rides, especially is really, really great, but the attractions are not the only great part, you know, and that's the point I really want to drive home, carve out time in your day to go slowly through this gap through galaxy's edge, because just wait in line for the picture in front of Galaxy's Edge or in front of the Millennium Falcon. You know what I mean? Like you want that. It's incredible. The most important moment in your Galaxy's Edge day, go to Oga's Cantina. This is my favorite spot. This is my favorite hang. Uh, one of the things I do actually like about it, first of all, it is a cantina. You're going for drinks. There are weird snacks. We've talked about it here on the show. Mostly you're going for drinks. They, it is a bar, so it's a lot of alcohol, but it also isn't only a bar. You can also get, your kids can get non-alcoholic, or if you prefer, you can as well. Um, but all of the drinks are fun. They're popping and they're fizzing and they're smoking and they're from out of this world. You do need a reservation, but your reservation is limited. You're only allowed in there for 45 minutes. It's a really, really fun time. The The servers are all very in character. They are playing a part. Uh, the DJ in there, I don't want to give too much away, is really fun. And shout out to my favorite drink, the Fuzzy Tauntaun. Makes your mouth go numb. Order it with a side of fuzz. One of our listeners recently actually tagged me, took my advice and ordered the extra fuzz and tagged me on Instagram, which I just thought was great because if that's my influence in this world, then I'm really happy about it. <laughs> um, but because I'm such a passionate person about Oga's Cantina, for any smart moms, travel agents listening today, the hidden Mickey will be Oga's. I would just like to mention too, yes, Oga's is fantastic. I think that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is for all the boys at Disney. It's for the dads. It's for the men. It's for the little boys. Okay, so all the other parks, you see all these little girls walking around in their princess dresses. 
If your boy is even slightly into Star Wars, have him wear like a stormtrooper. I've seen stormtroopers. My son is dressed head to toe in a stormtrooper outfit. He had so many really super cool interactions with characters there. I've seen like little two-year-olds and little Darth Vader costumes head to toe. And it's the cutest thing when like the stormtroopers go up and interact or Darth Vader's walking around and he grabs them. Oh, one time my son was a stormtrooper and had a lightsaber fight with a Jedi. So another boy was a Jedi and then he was a stormtrooper and they just, they didn't know each other. They literally just like started very nicely slapping around their lightsabers. It was so cute. Um, also, one time, and we haven't gotten to this part yet, if you're into Star Wars at all, there is a whole nother, and I don't know why it's all the way over there in the Disney Junior area. Is it the launching pad? Launching Bay. Launching Bay, not the quick service at uh, Magic Kingdom. It's called Launching Bay, which you can meet Darth Vader, Chewbacca, and BB-8. So mm -hmm. great character interactions over there. One time my son was dressed up as a stormtrooper and went in the same room as Chewbacca. And Chewbacca was like, and I should probably put this um, on social media. Chewbacca was like, no, like you don't belong here. And Liam was like so in character that he lifted up his mask because he was wearing a mask, a stormtrooper mask. And he was like, no, I'm just in disguise, Chewie. I'm on your side. It was so cute. And then Chewbacca <laughs> like took him into his arms. It was adorable. But I think that this is, and there's Jedi training. Is that back yet? Uh, it's not back. I no. know you talked about that. I'm sure it's coming back because that was such a huge thing. I just think like, while Disney is so for like that, that princess, it, they kind of like were super smart to make this area for all the, the little boys out there and girls to geek out on Star Wars. Yeah, your stories about Liam are making me want to immediately dress my kids up and go do Galaxy's Edge that way. Like both of those stories you just told made me want to cry. Those are the unexpected experiences that honestly, this part of Hollywood Studios, this is why I get blood boiling when people want to skip it. It's like, even if you don't love Star Wars, you have to have this experience. Like, don't miss out on these moments and this chance to just kind of completely disengage from regular life and, and spend two hours in Galaxy's Edge just experiencing Galaxy's Edge. So, I mean, seriously, that is that is what it's about. That's Disney. That's what you want when you go. You want those unexpected moments. That's that's perfect. I remember when my daughter met uh, BB-8 and, and went over and did that uh, launching bay. I I wasn't with her. A friend of mine took her while she was too small to ride some of the bigger attractions. So we went and knocked out some of those. And when I came back, she had this certificate that she had joined the 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 good the good force or or whatever it said. And she was so excited and she ran over and she had this certificate. She didn't know anything about Star Wars. And look how happy she was. You know, it's the best. It's absolutely the best. By the way, sorry if you're like a hardcore Star Wars fan. Um, Chris is probably listening to this like have I taught them nothing? Like, we don't know. We know what we're talking about, but we can't remember the names. There are heads exploding everywhere. Like, why can't they name this the right thing? <laughs> <laughs> Just know that we love and appreciate it. And I love Kylo Ren. And that's my Star Wars. <laughs> that's my Star Wars rooting. That's it. 
Let's take another quick break and wrap this up. How are we ending our day? Also, stay tuned through the end of this episode. We are bringing back our featured agent segment. I am so excited to be joined by another amazing Smart Moms travel agent that is not a regular on the podcast, also a very close friend of mine. We are going to be talking about a really incredible land and sea holiday vacation that she just took. And I cannot wait to learn a little bit about it share a little bit about it with all of you and also trip her up with a little bit of Hollywood Studios Lightning Lane. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I know you're ready to get back to the podcast, but I've got something very simple for you to do. Join my Facebook group, Disney Planning Made Simple. I'm Stacy, one of your podcast hosts, and I have a sweet, friendly Facebook group made for those of us who thrive in the simple pleasures of life. Things like family, food, and Disney. Join at facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Made Simple or follow with the link in the show notes. We'll be so happy to see you there. Hey there, friends. I'm Katie Boone, one of your podcast co-hosts. I'd love to invite you to join my Facebook Disney planning community called Planning Disney with Babies, Toddlers, and Preschoolers. In my group, I love discussing all the aspects of planning your magical vacation with little ones. Find my community at facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. When you join, don't forget to tell me you heard about my group on the podcast. See you there. All right, we're back and we have completed a really successful morning and early afternoon. Let's talk a little bit about quickly some of the food options at Hollywood Studios. I think quick service, especially midday, is going to be your best bet. You have the ABC commissary. You have that uh, backlot quick service. Baseline Tap House is a great place to just chill. Maybe have a drink. They have like charcuterie boards. That's like a nicer just sit down moment. I think a lot of these quick service restaurants in Hollywood studios are really good atmospheres and good opportunities to rest, which I think we're all looking for. And I I love that there are those couple options in Hollywood studios that don't require a reservation. I really think it, there's great quick service in this park. Yeah, we're big, big fans of the ABC commissary. It's a, a nice, large area to go in and sit down. I will usually charge my phone there, find a table up against a wall and plug in and charge. So uh, that's one of our favorites. I agree. And we just discovered, I've been hearing people say it was great for years, Docking Bay 7, again, back in Galaxy's Edge. The food is super cool there. It's probably similar feeling to Satuli Canteen in Animal Kingdom. So it's definitely just more flavorful, colorful, just interesting food than your basic like hamburger, french fry salad thing. But I do um, I do agree that there are a ton of great options for quick service. I do also recommend hopping on that mobile ordering early in the day, kind of gauging when you're going to want to eat and go from there because you know you mentioned woody's lunchbox if you go to woody's lunchbox around lunchtime you're going to be waiting over an hour for your food yeah that's exactly right you have to include in your strategy pre-ordering that food you have to uh, this is one of those things where i would like to finish up over at hollywood studios and maybe mobile order to come out that tunnel if you're going to go see muppets my dad loves Muppets. We would only go see that if he was there. Uh, Stacey, I think you're a Muppets show fan. Yeah, love it. And you know, they have finally given 
the theater in there a little bit of love. And I it just made me so happy. I walked in. They had new chairs. It looked so fresh and new carpet. And oh, it looks so good. It's the equivalent to the Carousel of Progress at no. Magic Kingdom. No. It's a great nap. No, it and is it's air conditioned and it's kind of dark. It is not equivalent. It is so much cuter than that. It's so much. That whole area right there, though, is, in my opinion, super cute and underutilized. That whole yeah. like little courtyard with the fountain. And then you have Mama Melrose back there, which we've eaten at. It's decent. I mean, it's not the most yeah. the greatest Italian food, but I thought it was cute. I don't know. It just feels there are certain parts of Hollywood Studios now that I'm thinking about it that feel very underutilized, like that whole alleyway over there in Toy Story Land behind the Chinese theater. I mean, I know there's characters normally back there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Jack's num yes. num cookies back there. Yeah, just seems weird. Um, and then that whole area over there by like if when you come out of what ride do you come out of? That you walk kind of that where the snowman is. Do you know where I'm talking about? Is it when you walk out of um, Muppets? Yeah, you come out of Muppet, Muppets over there. That used to be the um, Lights, Motors, Action area, which I totally miss. But yeah, that, that little area now is you come out of Muppets from, yeah, from I that think side. The one thing, like those sort of alleyways that you're talking about, they look like movie sets which is a really fun idea in Hollywood studios. And some listeners may remember like the honey, I shrunk the kids playground that used to be over there and things like that, where you could experience feeling like you're on a set is a really cool opportunity. I wish they would bring something like that back. But again, there's so much to experience. It's like you have a full day, you know, I, I don't even know how you would fit it in. You have to add multiple days at this park, but I do. I mean, you think you can do this park in one day, right? Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need multiple. I mean, you can definitely do multiple, but. So then if you're on the backside over there um, by baseline, Star Tours is over there. Don't ever use a lightning lane for that. Like that should be a five minute, 10 minute wait at most. If it's anything over that, don't ride it and wait because it will likely go down. It's it's fine. It's not riveting by any means. And then the you keep walking around and you're at the other side of, uh, is it Echo Lake? Is that what it's called? Yes. With Gertie. Gertie the dinosaur. Yeah, Gertie the dinosaur. And then you're right there at Indiana Jones, which I personally love that show. Does anybody else love that show? Has anybody else seen it? Love. I absolutely love it. I yeah. think it's a great show. And it gives you that like movie set feeling again that you were just talking about that kind of brings that old nostalgia back from MGM, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of how you round out your day. You've followed along with your lightning lanes. At that point, you've gotten the hang of it and you know what your two hour schedule is looking like and you kind of can fill in your holes um, as long as you follow that early day strategy we laid out. Oh, wait a second. Wait, now mama needs a drink. And there's that there's like two cute bars right there. There's one that's like a freestanding. And then what's the little bar that's right there by... Um, by the Indiana Jones. That's the one I thought you were talking about. The freestanding, it's like a sinkhole, water hole. I don't know what it's there, but the drinks there are really good. And the wait is usually not too long. I, I, What's I, the I, one that's attached talk. to primetime? Oh, that's the diner bar. Yeah, the 50s. That's a cute place to grab, like, grab, like, an old-fashioned there or, like, a classic drink. Yeah, so this is the time. By, of, then, by that time, if you, you're going to need a drink. I'm just saying, you, you're going to want one. But yeah, this is the time of day where you're either 
hitting that freestanding little bar area or the 50s primetime lounge. Carla and I will be there. Or I don't love the sit-down meals at Hollywood Studios. However, the exception for me is if I'm going to do a Fantasmic dining package. So the sit-down meals are Sci-Fi Dine-In, Mama Melrose, Hollywood and Vine, 50s Primetime Cafe, and the Brown Derby. I think those are all the ones that you can find with Fantasmic dining availability. We are going to have differing opinions here on which one to utilize. But I will say it's expensive. It's it's much more expensive to do the dining package, but I 100% think it's worth it. I would sit down for dinner and get the dining package. Uh, personally, out of the restaurants I just listed, my family is probably picking uh, 50s primetime. Yeah, I was wondering why you said we would disagree because that's I thought that would be what you'd pick and I, that's probably what we would pick as well. Uh, because I know what Carla would pick and I'm a hard <laughs> I'm a hard pass on Carla's pick. I would only pick mine if I didn't have my kids. I love Hollywood Brown Derby, but I like the little lounge area outside. And it's only because you can still hear the music, your people watching. I talk about this all the time. The bars right there. It's a smaller menu. It you know, I go for the Cobb salad. It's delicious. That's where I would, if it was my family, I don't know. I've been to primetime and I've been to sci-fi also. I love the vibe of sci-fi. Like to walk in and it's dark and you see stars and the cars and the big screen. It is really cool. The food there was fine. I, I liked what I had. I don't I don't remember it at this point. The movies are freaking weird yeah. though. Um, I wish that they would again like just update the movies you know what i mean like and also keep in mind that you're not necessarily at your normal table facing your family that likely like when we were in the car with our kids it was matt and i in the back seat and the kids were in front of us so we can kind of keep an eye on them but they were face the screen and we were face the back of their heads in the screen so just keep in mind but i thought it was a cool experience i know it's a hard reservation to get people you know want to experience it i don't think you can i don't think your mind is going to be blown at any table service in hollywood studios but that all of them have kind of their like quirks and, uh, you know, positive attributes. I love the sarcasm that you get at primetime that you guys are talking about. You know, your servers basically telling your kids that they have to eat their veggies and, you know, stuff like that. Elbows off the table. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, they it's, are. None of them are showstoppers for the food itself, but. Plenty of them have a lot to offer for the environment. I would pick 50s. Regardless, I'd get the dining package because Fantasmic is excellent. This is the nighttime show at Hollywood Studios. It is so, so good. The amphitheater is sort of back behind Tower of Terror and the Beauty and the Beast stage. It's huge. It is huge. It's hard to even believe that it exists back there because you really don't know it's there until it's time for the show. And... If you don't have a dining package, you have to get in line very, very early if you want a decent seat. I mean, like an hour ahead of showtime, you know, we did not do that when we went to see it together and we had terrible seats and it really messed with the quality of the show. I liked the show a lot less sitting over on the far left side than I did when I had the dining package and we actually sat front row center, (laughs) you know, and so this show is Mickey's nightmare. He's fighting the villains, but you get excerpts from all of your favorite 
uh, current and vintage Disney princess moments and just movie moments throughout the show. It's really remarkably well done. It is. Uh, it is my favorite show at Disney. It is the best. Yeah. I mean, you're laughing, you're crying, you're just enjoying, and it's the perfect way to end your day. Do not, do not skip Fantasmic. And I will say one thing we didn't really mention in this day, we built in a lot of, of time for the attractions, kind of strategized your angles to the park and laid out where you're going to want to be spending the most quality time. Sort of at the end of the day there, when you're in your lull, you are also going to want to dedicate some time to those shops. The shops on Hollywood and Sunset Boulevards, which are the the main entrance, the main streets there at the front of the park, are my fa- favorite maybe in all of Disney World. They're so unique and so fun. And each one is really like lending itself to a specific Disney aesthetic. And they're really, really, really fun to spend some time in. You can find some awesomely unique things back there. I agree. I do love the shopping. I love the shopping on Sunset Boulevard. There's like a Pandora jewelry store. And then there's kind of like, designer i think it's the is not the dress shop because that where's the dress shop is that the dress shop it's yeah it's along that strip there but you also get some of that vintage clothing yeah i don't know i just love those stores and you know we didn't mention um the disney junior area you gotta go and hit the disney junior area and you know if you're into fancy nancy and vampirina and who else is over there yeah, Sophia the First. I mean, we've mentioned it before. The character is a little, little outdated. So maybe if you have a little bit older of a kid that still wants to see those characters. And then there's the um, the dance party back there. I have not done that in a very long time. So I can't really speak to that. Have you guys done it? No, not, not since I had a toddler. It's been a minute. I haven't done it since before it was all of these characters y'all are saying yeah. are outdated. Uh, that's just some <laughs> stuff that depending on who you're traveling with, you have to decide if it's priority for your day. But I think we've really hit most of the main things. I love this park. You're going to love this park. And and I want to hear if you think we got anything wrong or missed anything. You know, I, I'd be curious to see if somebody else likes to start differently because I'm a hard, I, I'm a firm believer in this plan that we laid out. And, you know, some of this might have been you were listening to it while you're in the car or whatever, you know, become a Patreon member and get this guide where we have these types of things written out in a format where you can have it in your hand while you're in the parks and you can study it before you go. So just know that our Patreon members are getting guides, our itinerary guides are going to be part of some of the perks that are available for our Patreon members. Not only that, but make sure you're using a smart mom's agent. I actually have a client at the park today. I, you know, she was like, where should we go? But I was like, listen, just go straight to Slinky Dog while you're at Slinky Dogs. You're virtually waiting for Rise of the Resistance. Like I'm walking her through her day. So you don't get that if you're not using an agent and you don't have that little Disney fairy in your pocket that you can utilize and ask those questions to. All right, everyone, I am so excited. We are ready to do the next agent feature segment. And I'm here joined today by not only another amazing Smart Moms travel agent that is not from the podcast, but also a really good friend of mine. This is Brittany Hazinga. Hi, Britt. Hey, Allie. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Our listeners that are familiar with the Smart Moms community probably know who Brittany is, but Brittany, for listeners that are new or who are not familiar with you, 
go ahead, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from and where they can find you on social media. So I am Brittany Heisinga, like Ali said, I am actually from Arizona. I've been with Smart Moms for almost three years. And when I first started, there were like three or four uh, Arizona agents. And now there are so many. And I um, love Disney. Disneyland is actually my home park and my favorite place on the planet. But in the last three years, I have definitely transitioned more to Disney World. I have actually been to Disney World more in the last three years than Disneyland. And it definitely did not used to be like that. But I have a lot of friends who are on the East Coast now. And so that's where we tend to meet up when we do. So um, I'm an annual pass holder over there now and go to Orlando about once a month. Um, I am married to my husband, John. We've been married for 15 years. Uh, We own our own business here in Arizona. We're a baseball family. And my kiddos um, are 13 and 14. So it's very interesting living with teenagers, but they're so much fun. And you guys can find me on Instagram at Traveling with Zing. And we'll make sure Brittany's social media and trip questionnaire are in the show notes and bio today. So you can find her there. She's so much fun to follow. And one thing I love, and we're going to talk about is how she does travel from the West coast. I mean, you're at Disney world, I think more than me even now, and I'm on the East coast or Midwest. But the thing I really want to talk about today is you just did a trip that I think listeners will be really interested in and maybe even consider you did a land and sea over Christmas, right? You were on the ship on Christmas day. Yes, we were. It was amazing. And you started where? Talk to me about how you started it. And, you know, did you do the cruise or land first? I know, but let our listeners know. So we actually started the trip at Disney World and we stayed at my favorite value resort, which is Pop Century. And we did three park days back to back because we were on limited time. And that was so much fun. But then we added on the Disney cruise. So we actually ported out of Port Everglades, which is in Fort Lauderdale. For those of you not familiar with Florida geography, uh, Fort Lauderdale is about three hours south of Orlando. So we did rent a car, which we picked up on Disney property. If you have not done that, it is so easy and so simple to do. So we rented a car, drove to Port Everglades and got on the ship there. We did cruise over Christmas, so we got on the cruise on December 23rd. It was five nights, got off the 28th. We had two port stops. Um, So on Christmas Day, we were actually in the Grand Cayman Islands, and that was awesome. A lot of people ask, do your kids miss Christmas? Like, how do they feel about cruising? Um, This is the second year in a row we've actually done a cruise over Christmas, and honestly, the the ship is decorated so beautifully for Christmas. There's so many Christmas activities that are going on. Santa's there. The characters are in their holiday costumes. You definitely do not miss opening presents on Christmas morning because they make it so magical. And we all had an amazing time. You mentioned a couple things that I want to ask you about. So most of the time, people that do a land and sea vacation where they're hitting Disney World and then Disney Cruise, uh, we do recommend you do the parks first and then the cruise because the other way you're going to regret like having all your relaxation at the front end of the trip. So you did it the way I would do it. But most people do it out of Port Canaveral, which is the port that's just about 45 minutes from Disney World. And you can take a Disney Cruise shuttle. You talked about the Disney rental car 
uh, service right there on Disney property, which I don't think a lot of people even know about. I've helped a few clients uh, do that and they have the shuttle that helps you get there. The process was super easy, right? Nothing too difficult. And then you returned the car where once you got to Fort Lauderdale? So we returned it to the airport in Fort Lauderdale. And the airport is only, it's less than 10 minutes from the port. So it was super easy. We dropped the car off and then we hopped in an Uber. The other option, um, if you are just flying in to do the cruise, Disney Cruise Line does have the same transportation in Fort Lauderdale like they do for Port Canaveral, where if you're flying in, you can get on one of the Disney buses and they will definitely take you to the port and drop you off as well. First of all, that's good. That's great information and probably easier with kiddos your kids age. Like for me, that's why we're mostly sticking to Port Canaveral sailings, just because I have little ones and jumping in an Uber is not possible for my family right now. Everybody needs a special seat. Um, But we are sailing out of Port Everglades Uh, at the end of this year. We're actually doing a merry time. And I'm I'm kind of toying with the idea of making a land portion ahead of time and trying to see if I can make it work. So that's all really great information. I, you mentioned that you were on a merry time sailing. You, this is your first Disney cruise, right? Yes, it was. So you're not sure even what the difference is. I mean, your introduction to Disney cruising was a Christmas themed sailing. I'm curious what things that the crew did the cruise offer that were Christmas related that you really thought were extra special or that somebody thinking they may want to do this may have to look forward to? I am definitely a child at heart. I love Disney characters. And so the fact that all of the Disney characters were in their Christmas costumes I loved. I pretty much met all of them in their Christmas um, outfits. So that was fun. Santa was also there. I think he was there almost every single night of the sailing. And um, kids could go meet him, take photos by the Christmas tree. The decorations were top notch. Um, The atrium was so beautiful with the big tree. The very first night of the cruise, they had a special ceremony for the Christmas tree lighting. And that was really cool. Um, So they do this like big production and a countdown and light all the lights at the same time. And it's so beautiful. There were also movies showing the whole time we were there. I'm trying to think a lot of people. Okay, let me back up. Christmas on the Disney cruise, the Family outfits and theming were a big thing. I didn't know if this was like a normal Disney cruise thing or just because it was Christmas, but people were wearing their pajamas all day long, all family matching pajamas, Christmas shirts, the whole nine yards. So that was also super fun to see. And I honestly, like I said earlier, I did not miss being at home on Christmas, it was definitely very magical, very beautiful, all the Christmas vibes for sure. Yeah, I love that. And you, well, first of all, let me let me back up. As somebody that does a lot of Disney cruises, the theming, I do see that on a lot. You know, you'll see the families that say Thomas Family Cruise 2024 or whatever. Uh, but I think even more so, we're the family that does matching jammies on Christmas at home. So definitely on a cruise, we would we would all we would be those people that are all day. You did a different cruise line last Christmas. I'm wondering, was this more magical for your family? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, last year's cruise was great too, and they had Christmas things 
around the ship, but Disney goes above and beyond. And if you're a Disney person, you know that there were Christmas trees around every corner. They were all themed. They were outside of every restaurant and the tree decorations matched like the the restaurant theme. So that was fun. And um, I, yeah, I absolutely loved the magic of this Disney cruise line. I think hands down, it felt way more Christmassy than our cruise last year. Yeah. And my present to myself would be like two massages at the census (laughs) on board. Like that's perfect (laughs) present for me for Christmas. And did you go to a Christmas party at Disney World? No, we did not. Not this time, but that would be a good thing to add on if you were doing land and sea. Yes. Some of my family that cruise at the holidays, especially when they're going out of Canaveral, will even just go down to do just, you know, very merry Christmas party or Jollywood nights or both right before they get on their cruise. So lots of ways to stack a land and sea, especially around a holiday, Halloween or Christmas. Absolutely. Well, I think that's so great. I, like I said, we're, we have a very merry time coming up this year. It is out of Fort Lauderdale. So I was obviously following yours very closely to kind of see how you did it. Cause I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do land and sea as well. And listeners, I think it's important that you keep that option in mind because for me, it's just the most complete vacation you can possibly have. Like to have that endless relaxation at the end of park days, whatever it's going to take to plan something like that, it's bucket list stuff for your family for sure. And I I would piggyback on that because my husband is not a huge theme park guy. He does not love getting up at 6 a.m. and staying at the park until midnight. So a cruise is definitely his style and he loved it. Like just being able to relax and hang out and do whatever he wanted at a much chill, more chill pace. Like he was all about that. Yeah, my wife as well. We we I talk about it a lot on the show. She is much more into the cruising. If I'm like, we're going to go spend a bunch of days at Disney World. If I said we're going to spend seven nights at Disney World, she'd say, how many park days? Like, I'll do one. I'm like, in seven nights, you'll do one park day. She's like, yeah. But cruising, she's like, oh, put me on 11 nights. We're, we're good. Whatever we got to do on there. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, so it is. It's a it's a check mark for the whole family. And that's so great. If you want to learn more about Ritz Cruise, be sure to follow her on social media at Traveling with Zing. Again, that'll be linked in our show notes for today. She's so much fun to follow. But also you can go back, look at highlights from that trip, ask her questions, things like that. And of course, if you're looking to plan a land and sea vacation, you can reach out to her or anybody on the podcast team or any Smart Moms travel agent that you're already working with. Um, that's something we can help hook you up with help you plan the trip of a lifetime. Okay, Britt, we today, this episode have been talking about itinerary for Hollywood studios. And I think this is really funny. Little backstory for listeners. Uh, Brittany and I, we've only met three times in person, but I feel like we're good friends and we're internet friends that have met three times. And the very first time we ever met in person was at Hollywood studios. We yeah. were, we were at a trip um, that we had won through the agency together and we had all flown in from different places at different times. And we met at I, Baseline Tap House, I think was the first yeah. you guys say now I'm having a drink or something. We met there. So I thought it was fun that that's what we were talking about today because that's where we met. And we're going to do a little thing called the lightning lane. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire Hollywood Studios related questions. Give me your first and fastest answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hollywood Studios in mind. Here we go. What is the best place to have a snack? Woody's Lunchbox. And what is the snack you're getting? Tachos. I don't know if that's really a snack because some people that's eat a meal, meal but <laughs> I, I love tachos. I'm a Wookiee cookie person. That's why we're at the back lot place. I love a good Wookiee cookie. Okay. Best place to have a an adult drink. Oh, I'm going to say Brown Derby. 
because I like their margarita flight. Oh, Carlo will love that. Okay. <laughs> You're usually my fuzzy tauntaun extra set of fuzz partner. So I'm a little. Oh, yes, that's that is also a great choice. Okay. All right. Best attraction. Rock and roller coaster. Oh, interesting. Toy Story Land or Galaxy's Edge? Toy Story Land. Best quick service meal. Oh, I'm going to say Woody's Lunchbox again. There you go. Tachos. Double answer. Double dip. Best table service option. You know what? I'm going to go with an unpopular opinion. I'm going with sci-fi and I love it because that was the very first restaurant we ate at on our very first trip to Disney World. So it has some nostalgia. Okay, cute. That's cute. What is the best show? Frozen. Most skippable thing in this park? The Muppets. Ew. There you go, Stace. She agrees. <laughs> best place to capture a photo in all of Hollywood Studios with your family? I would probably say in front of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. In the Chinese theater there. Yes. And would you say you would prefer to spend more time riding or watching shows at Hollywood Studios? Probably riding because they have a lot of good thrill rides there. They do. All right. Good job. I agree with about 50% of your answers. And listeners know where I disagree because we've been talking about it this whole episode long. Brittany, thank you so, so much. This was so fun. Again, you can find Brittany's social media trip questionnaire all hooked up in our show notes. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it across your screen. Thanks so much. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, we'll see you later. Bye. Again, whether this is your first time tuning in or you are a loyal listener, we want to thank you so much just for being here. We really, really appreciate everybody that is tuning in every week or just now discovering us. It means so much to us. Just hit like on the video that you're watching or just subscribe. Make sure that this podcast is part of your weekly routine, whether you listen doing laundry, driving in the car, share it with a friend, make sure everybody is getting their little dose of Disney in their week. If you love the Smart Moms Play Disney podcast, we appreciate you also sharing this episode right here that you're listening to on your social media. Takes a minute, means a lot, and we want to really thank you so much. If you like this episode, you might also like an episode we recently did, Character Dining Ranked, one of my all-time favorites. Check it out. We can't wait to continue producing new content, diving deep into the things that Disney's going to be offering here in 2024. And we're going to be here for all of it. We hope you will too. Until next time, we'll see you real soon.